Welcome back to the True Transformation Podcast. My name is Josiah Novak, and today I have my good friend Cody Jefferson on the show. I'm super excited for this one because I've actually known Cody for quite some time. We've crossed virtual paths online and we're able to finally hang out in person recently down in New Orleans. We were both down there for the bare knuckle boxing world heavyweight championships with our mutual friend, Keith Yaki. And so we actually spent, I think like 24 hours together watching the fights, hanging out the next day, took an Uber to the airport and, uh, Man, we, it, it was just a breath of fresh air hanging out with someone who you deeply connect with. And I'll just speak freely. You know, it's not easy to find people that you can trust and people that you can establish real relationships with. And Cody is definitely one of those people for me. And it's pretty epic when it happens, because like I said, it's pretty rare. So Cody is just someone that I'd love for all of you to have on your radar. Uh, he puts out tremendous content, but besides that, he's just a very, very passionate and successful father like myself. His passion currently is just building up other business owners to help them reach expansion and success and set new standards for themselves in all areas without sacrificing the things they hold most dear, like their family and their relationships, their spirituality, and all those things that we tend to throw away when we're chasing success. Cody helps us get all of that. He currently has his Embrace the Lion round table. You can check it out at etlroundtable.com. If you are a fellow successful driven individual who wants to expand his business but not sacrifice what he loves the most, it's designed for kingdom-minded men. And I'd love for you to check it out at ETL Roundtable. You can also connect with Cody at codyjefferson.com. We wrap about a, a few different things, including fatherhood, setting new standards, how to raise our kids, the fears we have as men and as business owners. I think you're really going to enjoy this one. So sit back, relax, and make sure you connect with Cody Jefferson. You're going to love this one. Before we jump into the show with Cody, I just want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, Butcher Box, Butcher Box, man, they are just dropping serious, serious heat with this year-long special they have for free chicken nuggets. Man, say goodbye to Chick-fil-A. Uh, that's something that I've been trying to do for quite some time. But my little boys, ages eight and six, are very, very convincing. And I'll tell you what, sometimes I'm just a sucker for that drive-through. So we tend to order the healthier stuff. I typically get the grilled nuggets. They typically get the nuggets with some fruit and yeah, sometimes some fries, which is totally cool on occasion. But when they're having that craving and it's not Chick-fil-A night, Butcher Box comes to the rescue. Now, of course, Butcher Box does more than chicken nuggets. In fact, I've used them for the cuts of steak that I eat every single week and the ground beef that I typically eat a few times every week as well. Plus, they now have salmon, they have chicken, they have it all. And it's high quality, convenient, shipped directly to your door. So they're hooking us up. Because I've been using them for a while. They wanted a partner. So I said, let's do it. So if you go to butcherbox.com forward slash true and use code true at checkout, you're going to get free chicken nuggets for a year plus 10% off your first box if you just want to try them out. So make sure you go check them out. Guys like me, guys like Cody Jefferson, man, we eat a lot of protein and it's just hard sometimes to have to go to the butcher shop or the grocery store. It's much better just to freeze a ton, use it when you need it and stay on top of your fitness goals. So go to butcherbox.com forward slash true. Use code true, T-R-U-E at checkout 
and uh, looking forward to hearing what you think. Talk to you after the show. Dude, Cody, man, I feel like I don't, I'll just say this up front and hopefully it's not awkward. I have like a really crazy connection with you, bro. You're just uh, you're a like-minded soul. I, I felt it in uh, New Orleans when we were hanging out a couple of weeks ago, but you're just a, you're just a rock solid individual, man. Dude, well, one, thank you. But two, reciprocated. I, it's it's interesting when you get in this space, you get to meet a lot of people. I mean, it's a real that's the real gift of this is 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 getting to meet and interact with so many people, but there are certain people that you just kind of feel kindred to from the moment that you start having a conversation. And it's like, man, I, I would do life with this person. And uh, I feel the same. So I think it's just your tattoos. That's probably it. Is that I'm well, clearly. <laughs> Yeah. Tattoos and muscles. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then when you play some weird, like sci-fi version of crab soccer together, yeah. then all of a sudden it's like, you, you're just bonded for life, man. I was going to say it, it, it pulls, it pulls men together in a unique <laughs> way. Yeah. Your bodies are contorted in ways that you're not really supposed to see another man. Well, actually I can't even say that because I, I wrestled. So we saw bodies contorted in a lot of different ways. So. You, exactly. You, I've, I've been bent in some really awkward positions in my wrestling days. I I'm not uh, a high level guy like you, but I experienced high level wrestling on the wrong end of things. Fair enough. Fair enough. There's a lot of there's a lot of ways we could go with this conversation. Let's just <laughs> tame it. <laughs> exactly. Well, for for those who don't know, we we got a chance, and I I mentioned it on the intro, but uh, we got a chance. We we've funny enough, we've known each other via the online space yeah. for a while. I can't yeah. remember exactly when we ran into each other. I feel like we met each other. I want to say, were you at 2017 meltdown? You know what? No, I, maybe we 18? ran into each other through. I want to say there was an event in Georgia of some kind that I may have ran into you through. I, that could be way off, but that was like around. We met somewhere. I just don't remember where. Yeah, it may have been something like uh, the uh, the the alpha men's uh, fashion guys. Like, I, I don't know. I, I really there's a lot of circles that I think we both have run in over the years, yeah. um, but. I remember just early on in our, our interaction, um, one of the things that stuck out to me about your messaging, and actually, I think you told me this, and maybe it was directly or indirectly, but you know, you were you were pretty adamant about the fact that I needed to know my worth at a higher level. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember, you, you probably have <laughs> dropped so much gold over the years, but that message really resonated with me back then. I could just, I, I know this because I still think of it and I'm like, man, like he got me out of my comfort zone when it came to not, I, I hate the word charging, but just saying like, Hey, what I do is very valuable. For yeah. Me. We, right? we had the converse. It was Facebook messenger. We had conversation. This was like years ago, years. And we didn't, it wasn't even trying to, I wasn't trying to sell you anything. I was just like, dude, like if I'm doing it, this at this level, there is no reason that you shouldn't be as well. And we started having that dialogue and conversation. I remember that fully. Dude, it, it, it hit me really, really hard because it, and not a bad way, it just really made me think. And I, I just, it was just a catalyst for changes that were made uh, yeah. back then and have, you know, been, been in place ever since. I think one of the things that you do really well, um, and something I want to talk about because it's top of mind for me today, but when we interact with people in our world, right, we, we obviously have things we do 
from the coaching side, from the mentorship side. We have products, you know, we have courses, we have ways to engage people. And I think one of the brilliant things that you do is you are phenomenal at, for lack of a better term, making genuine friendships and connections, right? And that's a skill that not a lot of people have, especially in our space. Even guys who are like well-spoken, who have phenomenal information, who are just like epic speakers on stage, they still in a way come across like, hey, I got something to sell you. And if you don't buy it, we really can't be friends. Mm -hmm. I don't have that vibe from you at all. It's almost like, like I can confide in you. I'm barely like, I don't know everything about you, but like, it's, it's a really special skill. Was that something that you've naturally had, or was that cultivated through work over the years? And and I guess if it was, how, how did, how did you do it? Yeah. So it's really interesting to me. So I got into this space in 2017 Previous to that, I was a pastor for 13 years. So I got involved in ministry when I was just shy of 19. And so, my, and, and even before then, my grandfather, I was raised by my grandparents uh, for the most part. And my grandfather was the deacon in a small Southern Baptist church that I grew up in. And my grandmother was seemingly always taking care of people. And I've never known anything different. And so then when I got into ministry, <clears throat> Everything is there you are. So what's interesting about our space is typically it's a here I am. Mm. Like here I am, celebrate me. Let me tell you about me. Ministry is the flip. Ministry is there you are. So even if I don't know you, I've been waiting all day to talk to you. I've been waiting all day to hear your story. There's no agenda. The agenda is we are a culture that is so desperate to be known, but we'll settle every day for being seen. Just give me the likes, the comments, the shares, and, I, and I'll be giving me a of dopamine. But really what we're wanting is we're wanting to be known and love for who we are and who we can be. And maybe I take it for granted a little bit that there was a seasoning that happened over almost two decades in organizational leadership through the church that walking with people through really every facet and season of life um, that you it, it's like a radar to me now, mm-hmm. um, specifically like the higher up people are inside of this, you know, entrepreneurial business game, typically the more people are wanting to be known and the complexities of problems are increased and exacerbated because money solves most of your service level problems. Sure. And, you know, and so we're left with one, the identity that we've cultivated through social media and being online and the people that we surround ourselves with. And so there's a certain level to keep up to an expectation, to live up to an expectation, or to live up to an idea of who we think people believe that we are based on the content that we distribute. And so for me, it's, I love all that. I love what you do. I can look up what you do. I can, I can Google you, I'm sure. But what makes your soul come alive? Mm-hmm. Tell me about your kids. Tell me about your marriage. Tell me about what you believe. I'm not here to convert anybody, right? I got out of the conversion game when I stepped out (laughs) of occupational ministry, but that doesn't mean my heart is any different. Mm. And so for anyone listening, you know, a really simple way to, to shift some of that identity is to go from being a here I am person to a there you are person. So how can you genuinely how can you celebrate every person for where they are i mean even the fact that like dude when i started in this space in 2017 
Uh, I went to my first conference. I didn't, I didn't even know what a podcast was. Sure. I'd never. And so I came into the space and it was such a jolt for me because I, I'd never been around so much leadership that was so self-serving. It was, it was very different because it, it's, again, it's just not what I was, I had no framing for it. And so for me, it's, it's just staying true to that identity, staying true to the man that I know I'm called to be also staying true to my grandfather passed in 2013, but also being mindful that he's watching and being, um, being a man that he'd be proud of. Mm but also recognizing that I'm also setting the bar for my son. And so every day we're setting a standard. And sometimes that standard is, is one that we're proud of. And sometimes that standard is, is one that we fall to, right? So you don't, you don't rise above your expectations. You just fall above your standards. Mm -hmm. And so setting the standard for, for my son, like how do we treat people? How do we love people? How do we walk with people? When I was in my early 20s, uh, I did some traveling, playing music uh, with some larger names in Christian contemporary music. And I would come back to my small United Methodist Church of 300 people who were mostly over the age of 50. And man, I would just tear that place apart. Like, we need to be doing this kind of music. We need this kind of lighting. We need to talk like this. This is what I'm, because we're losing the youth and this is what we've got to do. And this is how we've got to do it. And I remember our worship pastor who had done a lot of really great things in music and was just an amazing leader. He, he pulled me into his office and he said, hey, I hear you. And you're not wrong. And there's a lot of things that, that we need to change and you've got a vision for it. And, and God's placed the vision inside of you, but there's two ways to lead. We're all trying to get to the top of a mountain and, and, and you're already there. So there's two ways you can do this. You can do what you're doing, which is standing at the top of the mountain and yelling mm -hmm. and telling us that we need to catch up and telling us that we need to just start walking faster and telling us we need to leave certain things behind and telling us that where we're at is not where we're supposed to be. And that's a way, that's the way most people lead. There's another way, which is that you come back down the mountain and you walk with us and you help us see the vision and you help us cast a vision that alongside you is part of our own vision. And you give us permission to have that vision as well. Mm. And that's just been the way that I've always led. And that like that, thankfully I wasn't arrogant enough in my twenties to not hear that for what it was. And to not receive that seasoned leadership in the way that I did. And so for me, it is how do I, how do I meet people where they are? And first, in order to do that, you have to hear people for where they are. Hmm. And so I think for me, being in ministry for so long, people ask me what it's like to not be a pastor anymore. And, and my consideration is I'm, I'm more a pastor now than I ever was. I get to reach more people. I get to speak to more people. I just don't have the politics or the hoops that I need to jump through anymore. Yeah, it's funny, man. I, I grew up, uh, we're very similar. I, I wasn't in ministry, but I grew up in Southern Baptist Church. Yeah. And the pastor of that church, I'll never forget, uh, it was his side hustle. It was his side hustle. His full hustle was he owned multiple car dealerships. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You can just imagine this guy, right? Yeah. And yeah. talk about self-serving. I mean, he he had himself up on a pedestal. And I'll be honest. My dad, who that's a whole nother 
can of worms, but my dad really fell for it. Hook, line and sinker. Like yeah. he was just sucking from the teat for lack of a better term. Yeah. You know, just, just, you know, riding this dude and, and praising him every second. And for, for a, a, a young boy at the time, I, I could see through it for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. It felt so inauthentic. It felt fake. Yeah. And it turned me off from Christianity for a long time. And I think yeah. about that all the time because I wonder how many people like in our space, like your space, for example, you, you do so many amazing things, but like with your mentorship program for business owners and stuff and the things you have going on, go, things you have going on, you if you led from a place of look at me, look how amazing I am. I, I, my, my crap doesn't stink. You suck. Yeah. And we're all guilty of doing it. Sometimes we, we don't even sure. want to do it, but how does that turn people off? And then maybe they get lost Yeah, for a long time. Yeah. On their well, and there's a, there's a really, there's a really fine line and a dance that occurs between that humility, but also having a confidence and a certainty in who you are that commands leadership, right? And that commands that respect uh, to know like, man, this, this guy knows exactly where he's going. You know, he knows exactly who he is and who he's called to be and created to be. But there's not a lot of ego around that. Oftentimes, I, I feel like sometimes those, the, those are out of balance. So trying, working hard to maintain that, working hard to cultivate a confidence which is keeping your word to yourself towards the things that you feel called to navigate through and to become while also recognizing that you can only lead someone to their own level of self-awareness and so there's a humility to that because i mean man if we want to talk about the things i've gotten right that's fine we can talk about things i've gotten wrong and that'll be a longer list (laughs) so there's there's a humility that has to exist inside the container of confidence to say yeah, but only by grace am I here. Mm. So, you know, there's there's that side of it as well. Yeah, I, this shows up for me, you know, on the business side a lot, but I know you're a dad and this yeah, shows up for me as a father yeah. way more, dude. Like yeah. <laughs> for whatever reason, I can lead thousands of men on the fitness side and they're like, you're so relatable. You get it, man. Like you're in my head every day. And I'm like, why don't my kids say that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My kids don't feel, you know, that that's where the struggle happens as, you know, as men who want to lead our families, you know, man, I, I deal with it with my children on a daily basis, mm-hmm. right. Of not being able to see them where they are and think, man, they should know, like, even they're so little, but like, you guys should know, like, you should be here. Like, look, look, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm telling you to do. Why aren't you listening you know, it's, it's crazy, man. I'm sure you can relate. Well, sure. Sure. You know, I, I was a youth pastor for 10 years and walked with a lot of young people and you get to learn. I mean, as much about what it is to be, you know, a fifth to 12th grader, uh, but you also learn what kids need, mm. what they say that they want, but what they actually need. And you get to see the different repercussions and consequences and consequences. It's not always bad, but you get to see like the different variances of, of parenting and affection and presence and what that does to a kid and how they feel loved or understood or heard or valued. And so for me, one, it's, it's recognizing 
who I am first, like you got to define that. You got to define who you are as a man. Like, who am I as a father? Who am I as a, a husband? Who am I as a co-parent? If you've, you know, if you're not with your kids, uh, mom, which is my, my situation. So like, I'm a co-parent. So who am I as that? You know, I've got parents who divorced when I was a little kid and I've, dude, we've never been in the same room together. I'm 39. Mm. We've never had dinner together. We've nothing. I've never had an event with my parents together in my whole life. I didn't want that, that from my kid. Is that something I hate to cut you off? I, I'm, I have a similar, well, not as similar, but I, I haven't had a relationship with my father yeah. since I was about 14. Yeah. I, just speaking for myself, I, I'd love to hear how you've dealt with it. But I know for me, it's, it's, it's a never ending part of me that I have to work on because if I let it, if I let it hide in the dark, it grows and it shows itself at the worst time. Sure. Yeah. So I, I recognized that, I mean, there were certain patterns uh, from both of my parents that I thought were very useful. Like I would love to carry this on my dad, one of the hardest working men I know. I want to carry on that work ethic. Um, there was a flip side to that though. Like he wasn't really able to make a lot of much of any events, wasn't involved in school, mm. um, wasn't super affectionate, uh, wasn't super affirming. So for me, it's like, it's not an indictment. It's like, mm, I think I want to do things differently here. And so, you know, the thing about trauma and pain is if we don't transform it, we transmit it. And so if we don't do the hard work of confronting all of our stories and really recognizing again, who do I want to be? Not what did I experience growing up? Who do I want to be? Who do I want to be as a dad? For some of us, like, you know, like we have to also define and we have to start at a place of like, well, what do I not want? Mm. What do I not want my kids to experience that I experienced? And then the reciprocal is, okay, well, then what do I want them to experience? For me, it wasn't about how much stuff can I give my kid? You know, I've kind of solved the money game. So like I can give him everything. The problem is if I just give him more things, then I'm continuing the trauma cycle that I endured, which was I had a dad that worked all the time and wasn't really present. But now if I give my kid a bunch of stuff because I work all the time, I'm still not present. Hmm. I'm just giving him more stuff that I didn't have growing up because we grew up very, very simply in a single bedroom trailer, right? So it is now what did I actually need? I needed presence. I, I needed physical presence. I needed affirmation. I needed somebody to teach me about life and love and loss and money and success and what it is to be a healthy man in relationships and what it is to believe in God and what it is to question that. Like, How do we navigate this? So that was the shift for me is really looking at my son as his own person. He is eight years old. He is too smart for his own good. The kid is just, he's off the charts smart, like to, to the point where like, we have to figure out different things for him to do because he gets done with his work. He's just smart. He's a, he's in this, he's a better athlete than I ever was as a kid. Um, but making sure, because I know my own propensity, which is to be driven towards affirmation and to be driven towards seeking that affirmation because I never got it from my dad as a kid. Mm. So making sure that I don't turn my son into someone who is always seeking to be the best because I'll love him more. 
making sure that he understands that he's loved just the way that he is, that I'm proud of who he is. I'm proud to be his dad, regardless of his accomplishments. But because we are Jeffersons and we're built a little different, we succeed mm-hmm. and we learn through our loss. And framing it that way for me has been really useful. And not looking at my son as an extension of me, but looking at him as an individual who I'm responsible for shaping. Mm. I'm the standard. And how I show up physically, I'm the standard. And how I provide, I'm the standard. In my patience, I'm the standard. And listen, the, my kid is Dennis the Menace. Like, be very, very careful since we're on the conversation of faith. Be very careful the stuff you pray for. Do not pray for more patience lest you want a kid who is incredibly independent and too smart who can manipulate everything that you say and remembers everything that you say and will use it against you in a moment's notice. Right? Dad, can we go here this weekend? Maybe. Next day. Dad, can we go here? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Well, I just thought Jefferson's kept their word, but okay. That kind of crap is what I'm talking about. It cultivates a seasoning inside of you that literally some days is like your head is spiked on the thorn of a nightmare. You can't ever imagine. And all you want to do is break things. But then on the flip side, you recognize that's not maybe useful. And that might be what your dad did growing up. And so you're going to choose a different path. And, And God has given you a grace and an opportunity to practice and season that patience, which is what you prayed for in the first place. Our kids would get along. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. Listen, I love my, my son's the most effortlessly cool, confident kid. Like he's just great. But man, he's getting to that age where he tries to like use words to like pit like his mom and I or Sarah and I or anybody. Like it is the most fascinating thing. And I you you want to direct it but you also recognize and studying like just child behavior and psychology and development like he's testing boundaries Mm. like typically this happens later he's just intelligent so he's learning it early and he's learning what can i get away with how does manipulation work how does using words like all of this how can i turn on emotions and get what i want like so being mindful to one nip those in the bud but also not hold it against him or get super frustrated because you're doing what every normal healthy kid does, which is test boundaries and try to create some semblance of independence for yourself. Totally. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I prayed for oh, a boy. I got two, which is yeah, you know, hitting the lottery, but I prayed for boys who were similar to me who liked all yeah. things I liked. I got yeah. that. Yep. And then I realized, you know, they lose a basketball game and we're talking about it for about a month. Oh yeah like we're breaking it down film study. And I'm like, this is driving me insane. And I go, why is it driving me insane? Cause they're exactly like me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they love everything I love, but 10 times more. Sure. And they're more passionate mm-hmm. and they're funnier than me. They're more athletic than me. They love all the same stuff. And it's just yeah. like, wow, you prayed for, you prayed for it. And you got it, man. Well, and so what's really, really important about that and something to, to, to really pay attention to is also recognizing what your like negative propensities are because it'll be theirs as well Mm. and recognizing like okay how do i teach them through this how do i how do i shift some perspective so that they perhaps don't fall down the same rabbit hole i did which for me was affirmation addiction 
performance trap, my identity being found completely in what I did, which as a pastor was very interesting because I didn't know where I stopped and God began and God began and I stopped and my job was my God. And, you know, it, it became very, very stressful because my whole identity was wrapped up in what I did in making everybody proud. Wow. So it's huge. Yeah. So, so recognizing maybe what some of those, and for all of your listeners as well, what are some of those propensities that you have and what are those ways in which you cope? Because oftentimes it will be the ways that our children do as well. So what have I learned over these, you know, 30 something years of my life that would be useful to help him understand how to navigate his own emotions? Man, the similarities between this is obviously why you're so great at coaching guys, but, and people I'm sure, but it's uh, the similarities between business and fatherhood. It's crazy. Just because what yeah. you just said is very, very in line with some of the things like I struggle with anxiety, mm-hmm. right? So I get anxious about like, it's, it might sound crazy, but maybe you can relate. You know, I think about for my kids, for example, I'm like, man, they're already eight and six. Like, in 10 years or, you know, my oldest is going to be an, an adult, you know, mm-hmm. will he be completely on his own? I don't know. But you start thinking about all these future scenarios, like, what are they going to do? Like, how are they going to survive? Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, am I going to be able to set them up for success? Like, what if the world changes? What if AI comes in and takes all the jobs? <laughs> like, you know, I just I start oh, yeah. going through all these scenarios, yeah. like doomsday scenarios, but I do the same thing on the business side. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, it's just, it's me. It's not because it's fatherhood bucket or business bucket. I'm there. <laughs> you know, it's like when people say I'm moving to a new state, I need a fresh start. I say, you're going to be there too. Right. Right. You're, you're leaving Texas going it's to just the demographic that changes. Yeah. yeah you're still the scenery. There. Yeah. It's one yeah, of the, the scenery changes. Cool. The psychosis doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it, it's some of that is recognizing that, that there are certain elements of wanting to be in control all the time. I find that most people in entrepreneurship, specifically those who have really great bodies, like are, we're, we're in very good shape. We like to control every area that we can control. And fitness is usually the, the most simple side of that. I mean, I can control what I put in my body and control how I move. Like I control the variables. And then you start to recognize there are areas that I can't, like I I have, I have an older brother. Um, he's been an addict for 17 years. Mm. Um, I have a younger brother who is incredible and he has recovered from his addictions. Um, and you recognize that it's, it's all, why not me? I mean, because I, I guess I kind of wasn't, I was addicted to affirmation. Mm. I was addicted to working, right? So we all have this bend towards us and a lot of it is control, right? So when you think about addiction, like I'm still controlling the variable of how I feel. Mm-hmm. So if I feel overwhelmed, anxious, whatever, like I can use this substance, I can drink this drink, and now I'm in control of the equilibrium of my feeling and of my state, right? Really, you're not, but you feel like you are. Same way with work. I'm controlling the variable. Like I'm controlling my time. I'm controlling what I'm doing. I'm controlling my revenue. I'm controlling all of these pieces. But then there's other areas that you can't control. Mm. And 
what I, I think what I felt, cause I do the same thing, man, like what are our kids going to, what's going to happen in 20 years? What's going to happen in 10 years? Shoot. What's going to happen in five years? We don't know. Right. I think about high school. I'm like, right. Like, like right we don't like, is AI going to take over or is our, are they just going to, you know, are we going to get hit and all of our power goes out and the power grid's gone or mm-hmm. uh, is money going to be rendered obsolete? And then it doesn't matter who has millions of dollars. It's all worthless. So now nobody has anything. And then what are they going to put us all on a standard and then what's going to happen? And then like, does it, Oh my God, like we can just good, keep going. So should I buy an Island? Should I just go live in an Island? But then what, but then how am I, if we don't have gas and we don't have petrol, then how am I going to get from the Island to somewhere to secure my food? And so then should I build, have an Island, but then just have my own livestock. And, and then what, so it just keeps going. Right. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, what I recognize, like, there's really not much that I actually can control. Mm-hmm. What I can usually control is what's right in front of me and my response. Cause that's what I focus on. Whatever's going to happen. If I can't control it, there's uh, in loving what is uh, by Byron Katie. I'm sure you've read it. There's three yeah. businesses. There's my business. There's other people's business. And then there's God's business, future life, death, all of those things. That's God's business. I can't control it. And so if I'm trying to be in God's business, I can't be in mine. Can't be in two businesses at once. This is why I don't really, I, I don't keep up with pop culture or anything else. Because if I'm trying to be in other people's business, if I'm trying to figure out what the latest is with whoever, celebrity, whatever, if I'm trying to f- be in your business, I can't be in mine. Mm-hmm. So I, I focus on what I can control and I focus on my response to things that I cannot control. I but it's that. a daily, it's, it's a daily death. It is, man. It is. I mean... I'd be lying if I said I haven't lost sleep. Oh, Ooh. dude, I'll wake up. Yeah, I'll wake up. <laughs> it's just dumb. <laughs> I'm like 3 a.m. like researching, living off the grid. I'm like, yeah, like, yeah. Where, where am I going to? And, and the worst thing is, and this is something that I, you know, I don't know. I'm sure you struggle with this too, but it's like, I think as guys in our position where we're very driven, we're ambitious, we don't, we thrive under the pressure you know, we want that pressure. We yeah. want, you know, like you wrestle, that's an ultimate, I mean, that's like the ultimate individual sport. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you thrive in that scenario, but you also think about some really high pressure scenarios. You know, I sure. think about like, you know, with the kids, it's the kids thing, especially I'm sure as your background uh, communicated, like obviously fatherhood is such a big deal for you. And it is for me too. It's, it's, you know, I want to stop a, uh, a pattern of terrible, mm-hmm fathers yeah. sure you think about the scenario of like well what if the world completely goes batshit crazy and you know like you said money's obsolete doesn't matter you know it's like what are my kids gonna look at with me are they gonna say man dad you were prepared and i'm like how do you prepare for something like that <laughs> sure, right. right you know when at the end of the day you know like even thinking about <clears throat> buying land or anything else i mean there are now sanctions to where if it's deemed the air is not quality or it's polluted in some way, they can take it. So yep. it's like, and then you've got people who are like, well, yeah, but I've got my guns. I'm like, no, really? Is that the, that's the play we're going to make here? Like you, that's, you think that that's going to save you. <laughs> right. Yeah, cool. You're, you're, cool, you're man. Blocked. I got some magic, I got some magic beans to sell you as well. <laughs> it's like, dude, yeah, those Glocks and those shotguns, dude, they're, they're going to be about. Yeah. yeah that That's yeah. going to, that's going to keep them from saying, you got it. Okay. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> a couple bullets away from finding out the hard way that that's not true. It's going to sound very morbid, but really all the guns are going to do is ensure you probably have an easy way out. That That's, 100%. Really, that's really it. Yeah. Sounds terrible, but that's it. That's it. So it's a, uh, it's an interesting proposition and one that we don't, we don't know. And so at the end of the day, all I can say is, I don't know, but I know the one who does. Hmm. And I put my faith in things that I can't see, which is why it's called faith. And it doesn't mean that I'm naive. That doesn't mean that I don't prepare in the best way that I feel that I, I'm able. Um, you know, everybody prays for the cake uh, when they don't recognize God's already given the flour, the sugar, everything to make it. It's just your responsibility with what you've been given. So try to be the best steward with what I have, uh, but recognizing that there are I'm not in control of the oven. So mm. dang. Dude, so with business, because I know yeah. we we both are in the online space and you work with you know a lot of other businesses and people yeah. in general. How do you in, in today's world, you know, in today's environment, because it seems like the environment changes pretty quick. Um, and there's always the new this, the new that, but you do such a great job of we call it organic marketing, but I guess what for, for the person who's listening, who's like, what does that even mean, right? It's just putting out quality content on a regular basis that doesn't, you know, isn't driven by, you know, money that you spent to get it in yeah. front of people. It's just yeah. driven by you putting out content that you know is going to help people on a, on a consistent basis, basically manually or with a team that does it for you. But yeah. ultimately, when you coach people right now, what are some of the key things like, as, as we, as we navigate this online space, you know, for the people out there, like I talk to my guys all the time about, you know, building a personal brand at a bare minimum, sure. you know, like, Hey, even a personal brand in your home, that's like a really good place to start. You know, your wife, your kids, how do they look at you? What do they, what do they look at you and get out of the values that you have in place? Um, where, where do we begin? Or at least how do we, how do we continue to navigate up levels and standards, uh, in today's online business environment? Yeah. One is defining who you are. So we, that's where we start with every person that comes through any program or opportunity that we have is we've got to get very, very clear on who you are, because if we don't get clear on who you are and what you want, you're going to try and define your success based off of what you see someone else's success, which may not be the mountain that you need to climb period. Mm -hmm. Don't know because you don't know who you are. And so by by defining that, by defining who are you, so we have four pillars, head, heart, health, and habits. So from a head perspective, what do you believe? What is your belief system? What do you believe is possible? What do you believe spiritually? What do you believe emotionally? What do you, what do you believe? Mm. Two is heart, which is relationships. So who are you as a husband? Who are you as a co-parent? Who are you as a dad? Right? Who are you as a business owner or a CEO, who are you? Who, who is that man, right? Physically, you got one body. Who is that guy? And then from the business perspective, which is habits, which is our fourth pillar, that's just how you treat your time. So what are the margins and boundaries, right? And, and, and who do you become in that process? So then we have a phrase, this is who I am. So this is what I do. I don't care how you feel about it. I don't care because we don't, we don't, we don't drive off of emotion. People ask me, are you happy? I'm not, not happy, but I don't, if I'm, if I'm chasing happiness, I'm chasing dopamine. If I'm chasing dopamine, I'm chasing an external experience. I don't need to chase that. I just am who I am. Mm -hmm. Are you ever sad? Sometimes I just don't stay there. Right? Like 
So it, for me, it's and for the guys that we walk with or anybody, it's okay. If we can say this is who I am, so this is what I do. Now we have identity confirmation. So again, based off of what you say you believe, what are you going to do on a daily basis to confirm that? Based on who you say a great dad, a great husband, a great co-parent, a great leader is, what do you do on a daily basis to confirm that? If you say, this is why like the whole, um, like losing weight or something, because now we're on the physical pillar is a bit arbitrary to me because it's the same way with like 75 hard or anything else, not a knock against those things. It's just when you're goal driven, once you hit the goal, you tend to stop. Correct. So it is not, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. Cool. Do that. But in the process, understand that you're an athlete. So athletes just train every day. Athletes only eat certain foods. Athletes drink water. Athletes probably don't, you know, get pissed drunk every day. Athletes don't do certain things. Athletes go to bed at a reasonable time. You'll find that regardless of where I am at any point in time, like, dude, in New Orleans, <laughs> I was so tired. I'm like, dude, I go to bed at 10 p.m. Like, what are we? Why are we, you and I were struggling? I was I'm like, what are we doing here? I need a steak and sleep. That was it. I'm like, listen, like, because we live by a set of standards. I don't party. I don't go out late. I don't, I don't go anywhere by myself. If I'm out of town, I don't sit at a bar by myself. I don't get in elevators with women. I don't get in a room with women. Like things I learned a minute, like they just stay. These are the standards. Hmm. And so if you're an athlete, well, then this is just what you do. Okay. You feel about it. Dude, I love that. And then from a business side, right? Like, okay, well, if your projections are, do, I want to be a Seven figure business owner. Okay, cool. Like, good for you. That's great. Everybody wants this illustrious seven figures. I think that's amazing. We've got a few billion in our portfolio in potential sure. exit valuation. So, like, I understand what that takes, but also understand what are your boundaries and what's the margin? Who do you need to become? What are the daily actions that get you to that result? Right. Typically, it's not what you're doing right now. And it's not the things that you're worrying about right now, because if you're if you got healthy margins financially in a seven figure company, you're not worried about the same things that somebody who's barely making 10K a month is worried about. So we need to remove the emotional construct from the things that you think you're worried about. We start operating at this capacity. This is who I am. So this is what I do. Does the does this CEO worry about these low level problems? No. So why am I worried about it? We just have to catch up on time. The skills, because there's always a gap, the skill gap, the emotional constraint gap, the relationship gap. We're like one degree away from meeting the person we need to be able to take our companies to the next level, one higher away, right? One fire away sometimes. Mm. So remove all of the emotional construct. We're not doing any of this to feel a certain way, because if you do this in your relationships, you'll start to make covert contracts. Mm -hmm. I'm doing this, but I want to feel a certain way. So I need you to return it in a certain way so that I feel validated. So now everything's contextual and contingent on how you make me feel in the process. So now it's not really love. It's a form of manipulation. So now it's not, well, I got you flowers, not just because I love, because I'm a man who is a husband and I believe that the standard is my wife has fresh flowers every single week. That's our standard in this house. Mm. It's not because I want her to be like, oh my God, you're so amazing and post it on social media. And I'll, we're very quiet. You don't even you barely see us post anything on social media about her. Like mm. try to get like, it's called the private life for a reason. So 
I'm not doing it for, I'm doing it so that my like Stetson and Titus see that's, that's what a man does. That's, that's mm. the standard. That's what a man does. We'll walk by flowers and Stetson will be like, I'm going to get Sarah some flowers. Okay. I'm going to get my mom some flowers. Okay, cool. Throw them in the basket. That's who we are. That's what we do. Right. I love that. We'll cut through, we'll cut through a center aisle just to get to the checkout at the store. And Stetson will be like, this isn't what we eat. I'm like, we're just cutting through, bud. (laughs) (laughs) Take a shortcut. Right. So also recognizing that the way that you do this, the way that you construct your day and the way that you set out to accomplish these daily tasks, like the way that your kids see that it's not emotionally driven. Hmm. There's just identity. This is just what Jefferson's do, bud. That's just who we are. Hmm. Right. I think you, if I'm outside working, working out in the mornings, cause I'll do body weight training in the mornings. Sessions come out and start working out with me. Hmm. Why? We're athletes. It's just what we do. We're athletes. It's so interesting because if I'm we're in a, like, I'm, I love reading. I try to read a couple hours a day. Hmm. If I'm reading, he'll grab a book, come down, he'll just start reading with me because this is what we do. Hmm. Not to feel a certain way. It's just what we do. So you can ask him about money and he'll just tell you, like, he'll just say like, Money is just how we solve problems. And Jefferson's make a lot of money because we solve big problems. Mm. No emotional attachment to it. Just is what it is. It's interesting because I think as I'm listening, it's I'm immediately thinking to things that are, you know, areas that I want to improve and and areas that I feel anxious about, right? Like I said Mm -hmm. earlier with anxiety. And this is a perfect segue into the public speaking thing, but public speaking, I told you before our chat, yeah. something that, you know, I'm investing, you know, money into it this year and, and I, as much as I can to learn, sure. but I think I'm almost, it's weird because I think a lot of my anxiety now that I'm hearing you is coming from a place where I'm doing it for an emotional return, mm-hmm. right? I'm doing it so that I get applauded. I'm doing it for recognition. I'm doing it so, oh, someone will come up to me afterwards and say, that speech changed my life, Josiah. Thank you so much. That's why I'm having so much anxiety because I'm doing it for all the wrong reasons. I need to speak in front of my people and deliver massive value and impact because that is just who I am. That's who you are. That's just who I am. It's not because I need, if, if I get zero applause, everyone's like, screw you, dude. That was the worst speech ever. If I can look myself in the mirror and say, dude, I delivered from my heart. I gave value. I spoke from the soul and I was completely transparent and vulnerable in front of thousands of people. Don't matter. That's it. Because if you listen, if, if you live for their affirmation and praise, you will die by their silence and criticism. So for me, it's never about what can I say that's going to be tweetable, shareable, 60 second sound bites? What's going to get them coming up to me afterwards and tell me it was the best thing? It's always at any at any event that I speak at, like I'm I'm almost annoying about it. Like, hey, I want to know who's here. 
I want to know demographics. How many men, how many women, what's their age? Are they married? Do they have kids? Mm. What's the top line of what's the, what's the median top line of everyone here? What kind of numbers are they running? Why are they here? What are you hoping they get out of this event? Right? Like what, what is, what is the, what is the main theme here? Mm. And what is everyone else talking about? So can you give me titles of everybody else's keynote? I just kind of want to know where everybody's going. If they're going tactical, if they're going emotional, uh, I, I want to know what the framing is. Because for me, it's, I understand what you want coming into an event like this, but it's my responsibility to give you what you need. And so it's always being mindful of whether it's tactical whether you want to be coming to talk about business and structure and organizational leadership and scale, fine. But if we don't talk about the why behind it and why this is important to you and what it's going to take, because there's an opportunity cost to everything. And if you're not careful, you're sacrificing your soul on the altar of that success and burn everything to the ground that you thought you loved and were doing it for. Right. Mm. And so help me understand why these people are here so that I can help cultivate a message and uh, a teaching and an experience that leaves them not only with the tactical insight on how to move forward, but also feeling confident and certain in how they're moving forward. Mm. Dude, that it's rare these days because attention is oftentimes driven by these viral sound sure. bites. Yeah. Sounds cool. I can share it. Is it shareable? You know, that's mm -hmm. like what everybody teaches. Is it shareable? Mm -hmm. um, it's funny because, man, you can almost see it now, right? Where like podcasts, like what we're doing right now, yeah. uh, for those listening, you know, you see, and, and I post, you know, I'm, I, 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 we pull our, the best stuff from this show and we want people Always. to remember it, right? And share it because it's truthfully, we don't want to lose the gold from the show. It's like, there's right. a lot of good stuff. I mean, today right. alone, you've probably dropped about a thousand. And if it's valuable, you want, you want your people to gain from it. Right. But you see people who literally, and this is crazy. Like I, I didn't realize this was happening, but like you see people will set up a podcast studio, like the ones we're sitting in right now and they'll film themselves. Like they're talking on a podcast. Right. And they're just, <laughs> yeah. they're just reading off of a viral script of like i'm oh, gonna yeah. say this for 60 seconds looking like i'm talking to someone on a podcast and they'll post it like there are this big podcaster and i'm like damn it's no wonder people are really struggling out there to figure you know to find their way to, yeah. to to do the things you're talking about because man the the people who are gathering all this attention and gaining all these eyeballs are doing it from a place that is like completely fake mm -hmm. You know, um, right. Well, and that's crazy. why, you know, it's so important to distinguish the difference between attention, virality, influence, and leadership. Influence can be bought. You can put money. So I'm the guy, I don't run ads. I've never run ads. Everything I do is, is, through other people's audience and shared content and people resonating with the message. Um, I don't sell from the things that I speak. Like a lot of our content is, a lot of my content is chopped up is from stages. And I'm, I'm selling identity and transformation. I'm not, I'm, I'm selling potential and purpose. Uh, uh, I'm selling who you can become, not a product. There's no commodity there. 
And I think that's refreshing to a lot of people in, in a culture where everything is, is trying to sell something, but also recognizing that there's, there's a certain seasoning that happens over time and continued repetition, which is where leadership is found. Mm. And you can't fake that. And I think it's very easy to fake influence. You can buy followers, you can buy likes, you can, you, you can put ad spend behind your videos and gain a lot of views and gain a lot of traction. But that doesn't mean that you're ready for the leadership that comes on the back end of that. Mm. And so being mindful to as much as you qualify criticism in your life to also qualify the praise, to qualify the insights and the education and um, the information that, that you're, that you're, you're putting into your subconscious and putting into your brain because mm. we're not we're I th you know we're, we're a generation that is so information heavy but i think we're actually we're starving for wisdom mm. and so when you find it you hold on to it and when you can see that it's sincere you know that that pulls on you a little bit differently than a 60 second talking head soundbite. Totally. Yeah, no, I, and, and even, you know, at our level where, you know, we, I mean, it's going to sound bad, but I don't pay attention a lot to things online. Like I miss a lot, right. I I, I just I don't have the time anymore. I'm creating, you know, I'm coaching. Creating. I, I'm at the point my team manages, like I'll, I'll post to my stories because it's important for people to recognize, like I am who I say I am. I'm just a real, it's normal, sure. normal dad in Oklahoma. that gets to do a lot of cool things. Um, but dude, my my team manages everything because I just don't want to be online. I don't. It, you can either get sucked into a comparison trap, you get sucked into a lot of other things, just time waste. And yep. uh, even for our communities, they're on Slack because I don't I don't want you on so I don't want you on a Facebook group. I don't want you because then you're tempted to just scroll and you're going to waste time. Yep. So. Speaking of time. One of the things uh, I know we're at the end of the day, we're a fitness podcast. Uh, at least that's where we start. I, one of my beliefs, you, you asked the question, like, you know, what do you believe in? Like, what do you, what do you stand for? And um, we believe, or I believe, especially from, from leadership standpoint, that fitness is the lowest hanging fruit to improving all areas of your life, even your faith, right? If you're like, we are, we're men of faith, you know, uh, I was out of shape physically, for a long time. And I, no wonder let it was led astray from my faith for a long time, got my body back to a good place. Funny enough, my mind followed that. Right. And all of a sudden I was back to where I felt my best spiritually, physically, financially, all that. So we, we believe fitness is lowest hanging fruit. I'm curious to know just a couple things that you do fitness wise. You mentioned the body weight workouts, but I know our listeners who um, are obviously going to want to follow your stuff. Yeah. I'm probably curious to know about some of the fitness and nutrition routines that you have. Oh yeah. So I work out two to three times a day. I enjoy it. So it's <laughs> I, like, I really enjoy it. Uh, yeah. If on the weeks that I don't have sets in, like I'm at the gym at 5am. So I'll hit 200 stairs, strength train, then I'll hit the ski and then I'll hit sauna for 30 minutes. Um, afternoons is typically hit training. Um, or if I don't go to the gym in the afternoon, I'm at baseball practice or I'm at wrestling or I'm at jujitsu. So, uh, functional fitness on that side. Um, I walk 
throughout the day. So what you can't see. So if you're watching this, this is actually a standing desk uh, nice. and my chair is way propped up. So if I stand up, I'm actually about the same height. I'm a staggering five foot six for everybody listening. It's uh, you're also five comes in foot, small packages, you're five feet so, wide too. You're, you're last yeah, wide guy, uh, <laughs> but I have a, I have a treadmill under my desk. So mm-hmm. I'll usually walk three to five miles a day while I'm working, I'm not trying to like win any uh you know speed records i'm just walking all the way and it's great because it's a shift in energy it keeps you very very focused and uh it's a great you know baseline we call it like a gray or blue zone you know way to just burn fat while you walk and while you work and so just being very very efficient in that way um as far as diet goes i'm not huge on counting my calories and macros from a logging standpoint. I've been doing this for so long. And I think that's something that's very, very important to recognize. I, this, I, this is all I've ever known. So, I mean, for me, I can eyeball so long as I'm preparing the food and I know what's going into it. Um, eating out is a different conversation if they're soaking things in butter or anything else. But for me, I know I'm going to eat three pounds of meat a day. That's just my jam. Uh, so between eggs, chicken, and steak or ground beef, uh, all of our meat comes locally sourced. I'm here in Oklahoma, so I know my butcher. I know my rancher. We get half a steer every six months. So nice. uh, I've got about 1,200 pounds of meat in the freezer right now. It's not, That's a very common thing in Oklahoma. It's not, yeah. and So it's not common everywhere else. So I eat red meat every single day. I eat chicken every single day. I eat eggs every single day pretty low on carbs and it's not because I want to be keto or anything else. I just recognize that on a carb side of things, um, I just tend to crash. So I get that glycogen burst and then I crash and I find that I want caffeine or, you know, something's going to stimulate me. So if I can just keep things fairly baseline with meat, um, now if this is something you're not used to, you're going to want to pay attention to your fiber intake. You're going to want to get some <laughs> probiotics because it's going to mess with your gut and yep. your, uh, and your gut health. Uh, but f- because I've been doing it for so long, um, I process meat very, very easily. Also recognize that red meat is going to be uh, a denser muscle fiber, and it's also going to have a higher coagulant. Uh, it's more blood. Mm-hmm. So recognizing that, uh, you know, I don't typically eat, I'll typically eat chicken in the evenings and I'll, my steaks and ground beef I eat during the day because I'm up, I'm active and at night I want an easier digestion. So that'll be usually chicken. Um, I do eat carbs. I just limit those usually, I don't know, 20 grams less a day. Um, All of my fat content really comes from ghee butter and red meat. So I love it. I'm I'm the guy, I don't eat a ton of vegetables. Uh, I don't eat a ton of fruit. I really, really enjoy meat. Like it is, I, I, I eat it every day. I love eating it every day. Uh, your mileage may vary. Um, getting about a gallon to a gallon and a half of water every single day. We've got a Kangen machine, which like is 9.5 pH water and all this stuff. Um, I love it. Uh, it just, I love the way the water tastes it's very clean. And uh, it is a really easy way for me to get my water in. So awesome. Yeah, yeah you're, you're, you're definitely uh one of the best in shape guys in the business world. <laughs> well, you know, we, we hung out in new Orleans and uh, 
you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's clear that you take your fitness serious, man. So, and, and again, it's, it's, I'm, I'm not trying to win any competitions or anything sure. else. It's really like, this is who I am. This is what I do every yeah. single day, day in, day out. Doesn't matter whether I feel like it or don't feel like it. Am I going to confirm my identity or am I not? And really, I mean, even like the sugar, alcohol, all those things, it's not that I don't like a good time. It's really in my brain. I'm thinking, well, this is going to be this many calories. This could affect me at my workout tomorrow morning. Am I going to be lethargic throughout the first four hours of my day? And it just isn't worth it. Mm. Like it just throws me off my routine and my schedule. And I'm such a routine schedule person that it I just doesn't make sense for me. Yeah. It's uh, the juice is not no longer worth the squeeze. Right. right. For me. right. I'm the same way, man. Like I've, I've basically cut out alcohol completely. Um, I do occasionally, it's not that I'm not a good time. I'm still love having a good time. Um, it's just, it's, it doesn't really do anything to improve my time anymore. And it definitely tarnishes my time the following day or two crushes my sleep quality. And, uh, I just can't be like, I like to be a hundred percent me and on and like locked in and be able to be present and not be like, yeah, I just wish I could go back to bed. Like I hate that feeling. Right. It's just yeah. the absolute worst. Yeah. Dude. Well, and, yeah, yeah. It affects your sleep. You don't sleep as like you're tossing, turning all. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Exactly. It's not worth it. Yeah. Um, and I, I really love my life. And I think that's <laughs> important too. Like when you're fulfilled, you're not really looking to escape anything and you don't, I don't require that to have a good time. Matter of fact, I, I would rather just be in control. So hundred percent, bro. Yeah. Um, first of all, I really appreciate you, man. Um, yeah, you you well. are a powerful communicator and, uh, you, you make things that are at some level complicated, feel more accessible and simple. Um, so I, I appreciate that, man. That is just, it, it's one of the best qualities that you have. And I know our listeners are going to feel the same way. Speaking of that, um, where, where can people connect with you? Um, I know you're on all social, but where can specifically, yeah. uh, can they go to just learn more about you and connect and, and yeah. uh, to level up with you? Sure. Uh, I mean, you can, this sounds, I mean this with the least amount of pretentiousness ever, <laughs> but you can, you can just Google me, um, which is a cool thing to say. <laughs> Google Stet me, bitch. Stet Stetson loves saying that he loves taking my bobblehead to show and tell. He's like, I'm not saying my dad's cooler than yours. Um, but does your dad have a bobblehead? I don't think he does. Dang, I got to level up because I like don't take, have a He'll take entrepreneur. He'll be like, so this is my dad in this magazine. I'm not saying he's cooler, but I'm, is your dad in the magazine? I'm just saying. Other than, like, yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> CodyJefferson.com. Uh, if you're interested in like what we do on the coaching side, ETL Roundtable, which is Embrace the Lion. So ETLRoundtable.com. But really, uh, if you want to connect with me personally, just shoot me a message on Instagram. Uh, I would say that's probably the platform that's the most accessible for me. Um, just make sure because we do get a lot of re like message requests, just put the name of the podcast at the top so that I know how to funnel it and I know where you're coming from and I know how to gauge like the baseline of the conversation, but shoot me a couple voice memos. Let me know your story. Let me know where you're coming from and, and how I can serve you. We'd love to. Amazing. Yeah. So just mentioned true transformation podcast. It uh, is. Cody's program is free. So we'll be good to go. There it is. <laughs> Dude, I appreciate you, brother. Um, really, really glad well. we're, we're connecting and uh, look forward to uh, chopping it up with you again soon, my man. Let's do it.
That wraps up today's episode. Thanks so much for listening to the True Transformation Podcast. And don't forget to check out ButcherBox. My kids are absolutely over the moon with these chicken nuggets. You can get chicken nuggets for a year plus 10% off your first box when you go to butcherbox.com forward slash true and use code true, T-R-U-E at checkout. Go check them out. They're great friends of mine. And man, they have an incredible product. Excited for you to check out their meats and their nuggets and just make eating healthy that much more convenient. Until next time, life moves fast. Make it count. Talk to you soon. Peace.